0: Support for KQED podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app, Star One Credit Union in your best interest.
1: From KQED.
0: Hi, I'm Alan Montesilio, in for Erica Cruz
2: Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted.
3: I think we had about two weeks' notice to slam all of this together. And it's a pretty big production.
2: So on Sunday, KQED hosted the only California gubernatorial debate at our headquarters in San Francisco. It was between Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom and Republican State Senator Brian Daly. And leading up to the debate, it was all hands on deck.
3: We have to coordinate all of this stuff.
2: This is Monica Lamb, senior TV producer, work behind the scenes on the live broadcast.
3: First,
4: I just want to start out with a comment. What and what are you see? looking for in these clips?
3: I'm looking for shots of the senator in action, being a legislator. On the stage, we're only going to see four people, Scott, Marisa, and the two candidates. But we've got graphics, multi-camera crew, make sure it works for radio, make sure it works for television. It needs to work for live stream, it has to get captioned. Our marketing communications people have to get involved. Probably 60 people are going to be touching this event.
2: BSEC says they don't want anything from This for, is basically uh, an all-hands-on-deck
3: situation. Sure. We've never done this kind of thing. It's really interesting.
2: That's KQED Politics senior editor Scott Schaefer, one of the hosts of the debate.
3: I think we're trying to put ourselves into the shoes of voters. What do people care about? What do they want to hear about? But we also want it to be entertaining and interesting. We'd love to make some news. We want to try to get them off their talking points. Part of what we're trying to do now is come up with some questions that will get them off of those. It's
1: a lot of pressure. We know there's going to be a lot of eyes on us. I'm Marisa Lagos. I'm politics correspondent here at KQED, and I'm co-hosting the 2022 California gubernatorial debate. We know that the odds are very high that Newsom will win this election, but I don't think that means that we want to let Brian Daly off the hook. He's putting forward another vision for the state. I think the challenge is we know we only have an hour. And honestly, any one of the big kind of topic areas that we're going to hit could be an hour-long conversation with either of them, let alone both of them together.
2: Today on the show, the 2022 California gubernatorial debate, recorded at KQED in San Francisco. Stay with us.
1: You will never hear anyone say gubernatorial outside of Governor election years and generally just debate specifically. But let's not forget it starts with Goober. So let's have a little fun.
0: Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works springing from Cartoon, The News, and Human Connection. Downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with Instant Pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app, Star One Credit Union, in your best interest.
3: Governor Newsom, Senator Daly, thank you so much for being here. Great to be with you. Let's get started. Governor, uh, you're running ads for Proposition 1 uh, on abortion. You're running ads against Proposition 30, a tax hike to fund the climate goals. You've got ads in Florida and Texas taking on Republican governors there. But with gas prices spiking, homelessness unabated, and people leaving California because it's too expensive, what's the case for voters giving you another four years?
5: Well, I I think the case on Prop 1 is crystal clear, and the contrast with my opponent couldn't be more crystal clear. Uh, He does not support... Uh, reproductive freedom does not support reproductive choice regardless of rape regardless of incest he's contributed twenty thousand dollars to defeat proposition one i work with legislative leaders to get proposition one on the ballot it's foundational the core values of the state of california is something that i enthusiastically support but what and about your record others. that's really what i'm about. as it relates to broader issues i'm very proud of the fact that as we speak we're sending out billions and billions of dollars in inflation checks We're sending out $9.5 billion, to be exact, up to $1,050 for hardworking Californians to address the issues of inflation, address the issue of the cost of gas and food and other pressing issues in the state of California. As relates to the broader issues, as relates to climate change and the work we've done, uh, we have no peers. California is leading the way. My opponents consistently opposed those efforts. In fact, you'll hear today unquestionably his efforts to reinforce big oil's talking points, double down uh, on the efforts that uh, put us in this very difficult place as it relates to the extreme weather and extreme drought uh, that we are working through in the state of California. But I'm very proud of our record over the course of the last few years. I'm very proud of the work we've done to seed reforms into the future. I'm very proud uh, of the efforts we're making uh, as it relates to these ballot initiatives as well, particularly again on Proposition 1.
1: Well, Senator Daly, many of the positions you do support are out of line with the majority of Californians. The governor mentioned abortion. We could talk about gun control, LGBT rights. Why should the majority of Californians give you a chance if they do disagree with you on some of these fundamental issues?
4: Well, first off, I want to thank Scott and Marisa for uh, putting this debate together. And I want to uh, start out by thanking the governor for taking time out of his... uh, going forward on his dream of being President of the United States and actually coming to California and having a debate. So I really appreciate, Governor, you taking the time out of your busy schedule to focus on those issues that we just talked about uh, here in California. Uh, Number one, first, uh, the Governor talks about uh, climate change and he talks about the issues that are happening in California. And look, there's nobody that cares more about the climate than myself. I'm a farmer. uh, I'm in tune with the climate every day and it is changing, no doubt about it. Uh, But the policies that he's put forth uh, aren't actually doing anything to help the, the climate he is uh ca- driving up the cost of of gasoline and electricity by the way californians pay 70 percent higher electricity rates than they do across the nation two and a half dollar a gallon higher gasoline than they do in nevada just uh, a few miles away from our state here uh, more than uh, the state of uh hawaii which has no oil wells and yet his so,
1: climate package and and you know positions have been very popular with voters
4: well uh I I don't know if he's been out on the street or if you've been on the street talking to people who can't afford to live in California. People are fleeing California uh, because they can't afford to live here. He's driving up the cost of everything in California. And I I get calls in my office every day from hardworking Californians. In fact, just yesterday I was at the gas pump and a lady put $2.37 worth of gas in her car, a third of a gallon of gas. And Governor Newsom obviously doesn't care about uh, the folks that uh, are having to pay these uh, high rates. So uh, Californians are suffering. They're right. fleeing California. They're going to other states uh, where he's campaigning nationally uh, to uh, expand on his California or his his dream. Well, uh, we're Californians gonna get are to suffering. Yeah.
1: We're going to yeah, get to well, gas prices. Well, Governor Newsom. Can yeah, can can I, I just
4: I, I'd
5: love to pick up a little bit. I mean, Ryan. Every single instance you've opposed common sense efforts to address the issue of climate change. You've opposed our climate package. You continue to double down on talking points of the big oil companies. Uh, You consistently vote against efforts to address the underlying issue we're trying to address in not only the state of California, but across this country and around the world. The hots are getting a lot hotter. The dries are getting a lot drier. We have atmospheric rivers. We have unprecedented extremes. Leaving us in a position where we're dealing with unprecedented drought and wildfire yet. You consistently vote against common sense efforts to address those issues Including by the way you voted against 2.7 billion dollars to address the issue of wildfire prevention Forest health vegetation management you consistently have opposed including these rebate checks efforts to provide relief for gas and you've doubled down double down on the talking points of Big Oil. And you know why Big Oil is, is supporting your campaign? The hundreds of thousands of dollars you've received from Big Oil is not only because you double down on their talking points, but you consistently oppose efforts, including the latest effort, to go after their price gouging. They're ripping us off, they're ripping you off, they're ripping every one of us off. And we're going after these companies, and we're
4: getting serious about the stress and pain Californians are facing.
1: Senator Daly like to respond.
4: Well, first off, you know, the, the, the governor talks about ripping people off. He, I, don't, I have not received one cent from my campaign from anybody in the pro, pro-life pro movement or from oil in this campaign, not one cent. The governor wants to talk about climate change and it's global warming is the issue. We're exporting jobs and our environment out, to Cal, out of California to places like China where they're, produ- they're making a, oil, a coal-fired power plant every three weeks. Gavin, Gavin Newsom talks about the reality of climate change. I presented a bill a couple years ago to count carbon from forest fires. Do you know that in California we don't even count emissions from forest fires, but every day he's regulating uh, combustible engines and driving up the cost of energy in California. Californians pay more energy. I have nothing to do with with big oil. They haven't supported my campaign. The governor is focused on his message to America. Californians are fleeing California for one reason, because they can't afford to live here and he's out of touch with everyday, hardworking, middle-class Californians. Now, yes, his elite friends can afford Tesla's at $70,000, but uh, Californians on the whole have no opportunity but to just suffer from the policies that Gavin Newsom's put forth.
1: Before we go too far down the policy path, I do wanna ask you one question. He's repeatedly referred to you being out of state. And I wanna ask very clearly, (laughs) you were asking voters for four more years. Do you commit to serving all four?
5: Yes, and have barely been out of state. I was out of state for a few hours to take on his party and his leader of his party, Donald Trump, who he was a passionate supporter of, and what they're doing to democracy, and how they're attacking women's right to choose, how they're banning books in unprecedented life, and how they're banning speech in rewriting history. This is a serious moment in American history, California history. Their demonization, their demeaning of the gay and lesbian, bisexual, and transgender community. I've had enough, so I'll proudly and happily stand up. What you don't do is stand up to big oil and these big interests. The reality is we don't, by the way. You know, it's interesting. fact, I love all this energy stuff. They pay higher electricity bills in Texas, in Florida, in Indiana than they do in the state of California. We've seen energy costs go through the roof in those states. They're doubling down on stupid, on coal and nuclear, on issues. I say nuclear in the context not of our Diablo Canyon extension, <laughs> but on old fossil policies, including gas, that are actually creating the problems we're trying to solve to solve. California's moved in a different direction. We now have six times more clean tech jobs, clean jobs, than we do fossil fuel jobs. This is the next great opportunity and economic uh, benefit for Californians and Americans. And we want to seize on that opportunity. I want to be clear that and we are not interested in outsourcing those jobs. We want to dominate in this clean
3: energy. I just
1: want to be space. clear that was a yes on four more years. Yes.
3: All right, Senator Daly. Simple question: Did Joe Biden legitimately win the twenty twenty two election against Donald Trump?
4: Yeah, I actually he did win the election. But the big question is: Is he does he know that? That's that's what I wonder sometimes. But I want to talk about
3: You're talking about he being who. Joe Biden. What do you mean by that?
4: Well, I, 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 yes, I agree that he won the election, but I wonder sometimes if he actually realizes that he's president of the United States. Of course he recognizes, and that's if, a, I, if you're I may, insulting the president if, of the United if States, I may. of course he understands he's president
1: okay. of the United States. Go on.
4: If I may, I want to talk a little bit about doubling down on stupid. Doubling down on stupid is telling people that they're going to be forced into an electric car, and then two days later saying that you can't charge your car. The policies that this governor's put forth don't work in California. Californians are suffering from the cost of living in California. Crime is running rampant. I know the governor talks about all this national stuff. He wants to talk about you know a president that's not even in office. He wants to talk about our party. He wants to talk about everything but the facts of what I see and hear every day on the street. Californians are suffering because of your policies. I know that your friends and the people you run with don't actually uh, can't af- can afford to live in California, but the everyday hardworking, middle-class Californian governor is suffering from the policies you put forward. At the same time, we have no water. We have, we have uh, no electricity. We have no plan. Your plan, there is no plan. There's just throw money at it. You've had more money in, in the time you've been in office than there's ever been in California and keep, people are fleeing California. That's the facts. I know that you don't wanna re- recognize that and you wanna talk about all these national issues because you can't talk <laughs> about the facts that Californians are suffering because of high inflation and the and the policies that you've put california
5: forward. is suffering from high inflation and that's why we've provided 18.5 billion dollars in tax rebates which you opposed you opposed 9.5 billion dollars in rebates that are going out right now to help offset these inflationary costs. The question to you is, why
4: did you oppose I, that budget? did oppose appropriation? I, 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 I supported that. You need to go look at the record. I actually supported that. It's just not true.
3: <laughs> it, Senator Daly, let me ask a slightly different question. You have called, and your fellow Republicans, for a gas tax holiday yes. to get rid of the 54 or so cent gas tax. But there's no guarantee that that'll end up in the pockets of consumers. So how do you propose the state bring down the gas price in a meaningful way for consumers?
4: Well, there's 1,200 oil wells sitting at the desk of the governor waiting to get permitted in California, and he prefers not to get those permits out.
3: But you've called for a gas tax holiday.
4: Yeah. I want, well, the gas tax holiday is the fastest way you can actually help drive down inflation. I own a trucking business. In the last eight months, because of the governor's policies, it's cost $200 a day to put diesel in that truck. $1,000 a week It's $4,000 a month. That drives up the cost of a gallon of milk, a dozen eggs for every hard Californian. So if you lower that gas tax, across the board, it lowers your food, not only the gas you put in your tank. So those are the policies we put forth. We had the budget to backfill, to take care of the highways uh, in California. We should have done that. It would have gave Californians and families about a $1,700 rebate a year ago.
3: But how do you guarantee that the, if, the, if the tax goes away, that it's actually gonna go to consumers and not just to the oil companies?
4: Well, you make sure that it's dropped at the pump.
3: How?
1: how do you, yeah, how, how do you ensure that? I mean, they're private companies. They don't have any obligation. The, to the biggest government. tax
4: in California on gas and oil, the biggest profiter of it is the government. They make, actually, that's just the, the, the 54 cents is the highway tax. Right. All in, all government taxes is $1.42 a gallon. So you guys want to take all of those? Companies. No, I'm just saying, if, okay. at the end of the day, if you drop down the gas tax, you're dropping down across the board, food for people, and when you put gas in their car, and we'll force the companies to make sure that the money goes to uh, actually lowering the price of a gallon of gas. How how do you force them? Well, we make sure that that they do it it, it, through tax, through their taxes that we push down. Governor. May I just, I mean, because this is a a
5: talking point from the right, and we've seen other states that have moved uh, with gas tax reductions, and we haven't seen the commensurate reduction because there is no guarantee. It means more money in the pocket of big oil companies. Everything he just said is literally stripped and ripped from the talking points that Big Oil provides to him and his colleagues. Why is it, not it bought, 2 dollars a gallon lower show. in Nevada? It's $2, it's $2 that we, we were paying a few weeks ago upwards of $2.60 more than the national average because these companies are ripping you off and ripping us off. And that's why I wanna move forward with a price gouging penalty to address this abuse Period, full stop. You have five refiners that represent 97% of that industry. They have record profits, $26 billion just last quarter, 276% increase Chevron Corporation alone. They are funding your campaigns and the campaigns of others like you. But let me be very clear. This whole idea that a gas tax somehow is going to provide relief, as you suggest in your questioning, has been rebuted not just by the examples of other states, but by leading economists that say it's nothing more than a gimmick. These rebate checks we're providing and what I just did, and this is important, we have seen a 65 cent reduction since peak in the last few weeks because we ordered the winter blend Through the air resources board and we have seen gas prices go down in the state of california without a gas tax repeal that could not guarantee you're calling for a
3: special session of the legislature to enact a uh, windfall profits tax that would be after the election december 5th when the new legislature comes in we've seen no legislation there's no details uh, there was a similar effort in the assembly that died earlier this year. So how do we know that it's not a gimmick on your part because, be we work, because we're working
5: with legislative leaders and we're working to make sure that we get it right. We're looking you know, reviewing what's happened in other countries that are pursuing similar policies, different and novel strategies here uh, in the United States. There have been leaders across this country that have promoted similar efforts and we're looking at the unique characteristics and a deeper dive of understanding of what's driving these gas prices here in California. There's no justification, none whatsoever, for these outrageous, usurious costs in the state of California. It is not $1.42, that's nonsense, that's inaccurate. There is an increase in our environmental rules and regulations, which he wants to roll them all back. There is an increase in terms of those costs, but nowhere near The $2.60 above average national cost that we were paying a few weeks ago. Today, it's $1.97. The reality is they're ripping you off, taking advantage. And we are working with legislative leaders to get this right. It's never been done at the state level. We want to do it right. And it's the first day back in session on December fifth. We mean business, and we will be publishing and introducing that legislation very, very shortly. And we'll have an ample chance to review it. And I hope, uh, I hope, Brian, you support the effort.
1: I want to no we asked our audience and partner stations what they wanted to ask you both and we received over 200 questions so a lot of the topics we're talking about today gas prices homelessness water did help shape what we're asking you we also got a question from kvpr in the central valley for you governor as the state moves to phase out fossil fuels what are you doing to make sure that places like kern county which rely heavily on oil for their economy aren't being left behind what do you say to workers there who are just worried about their ability to continue making a living.
5: We, we don't believe in a just transition rhetorically. We put $600 million in this year's budget. My opponent opposed that $600 million allocation to create a framework to provide support and economic opportunities in that region. We modeled it after something called Fresno Drive, which we launched a few years ago. In BK3, which is r- around the Kern County area in Bakersfield, a novel strategy to build partnerships—public-private partnerships, public-public partnerships—we added this $600 million appropriation so that we can drive a different conversation about what the world looks like in a post-oil future. Can you talk about also, where that this, goes. So this what, is important. We that We just that put out—it uh, goes to model programs like the Fresno Drive. The reason I bring up the Fresno Drive—it's a model example of partnerships between the universities between the private sector and local and regional as well as state agencies to drive a new economic and workforce vision for the region it was such a success that we put that re- those resources up and we want to see those resources invested that said I'm also very proud to see the transition in Kern County already as one of the world's leaders in renewable energy because of our renewable energy policies, because the policy has been an accelerator of providing unprecedented investments in the state. Let me be specific. There are 200, 200 headquartered green energy companies specifically targeting zero electric vehicles, zero and electric vehicles. 43. ZEV manufacturers already in the state of California. It's a trillion-dollar industry, and we are going to dominate this industry. Just last week, against all of the council and efforts to undermine uh, uh, the, the transition, we saw 18%, 17.7% of Californians purchasing electric vehicles. We know this works. These strategies and policies work to reduce The greenhouse gas emissions, we also know they work to accelerate our economic growth and development in the state of California.
4: Senator Daly. Well, I'd like to respond to (laughs) that. You know, the governor talks really slick and smooth about all these processes he's doing. He's had $100 billion in in surplus revenue. And then what he's done in the last four years is throw money at every single issue, more than there's ever been. And what are the results for Californians? Higher gas prices, inflation, homelessness on our streets, uh, our schools are failing our children, and people are fleeing California. So I just want the listeners to understand that he's very good at talking about numbers and all the things he's doing. At the end of the day, you can't turn the water on in California. Electricity prices are 20% higher this year than they were last year in California, and people are fleeing California because of the policies that this governor puts out, and he wants to demonize uh, our, the party that I represent, and he wants to talk about those issues, but at the end of the day, He's been failing California, and Californians know it. Everyday Californians understand what's happening here in California, and the governor is focused on running for president, and he's going to leave California just like he left San Francisco with homeless people all over the street when he said he was going to solve those issues.
3: Um, Let's see, Uh, Senator Daly, question about labor. we have some of the strongest protections for workers in the nation, the fifth largest economy in the world. Uh, you've consistently voted against expanding labor protections for workers as governor. Which labor protections would you move to get rid of?
4: Well, I actually just want people to have a rela- have a good relationship with their workforce. I actually employ people. Uh, I don't need a union representing my employees. We have a great relationship, and uh, you know the governor's uh, really good at uh, getting a lot of. of, of campaign contributions from uh, these unions that support him, like California Teachers Association, where we, where we saw uh, they, they did everything to keep our kids out of school and lock our parents out while they were making sure funding his campaign. So he follows those unions. Uh, for labor, I want uh, there to be a free uh, market between the, the owners of the companies and their employees. It's good in California. We have more labor laws than anywhere. In fact, California labor people are actually, le- people that work for other businesses are leaving California because they can't afford to live here. And they can, their dollar goes further than in other states. California has 400,000 regulations, more than any other state in the nation. The closest state is uh, New York with 300,000. There's there's a thousand bills a year that get through the through the to the governor's desk. Uh, California is overregulated, overtaxed, and, and overpriced, and they can't afford to live here. Yeah, can we just talk, I mean, I got to keep
5: unpacking. I mean, there's a series of talking points. You hear a redundancy in terms of the talking points coming from my opponent. Let me let me unpack just on the issue of the economy. California has no peers. The state of California grew at seven point eight percent GDP last year, outperformed the United States, which was at five point seven percent. We created five hundred sixty nine thousand jobs since 2019. And just this week, my opponent won't bring it up. I will once again, the lowest recorded unemployment in California history. Yes, we had a one hundred and one $1.4 billion operating surplus because of the entrepreneurial spirit and energy and innovation that is alive and well in the state of California. Our approach, our strategy is about growth and inclusion. You talk about the issue of worker protections. You talk about giving voice to labor. Uh, We believe in more voice, more choice, and we believe we have to do a better job addressing the issue of our time outside of the existential issue of climate change, and that is the wealth and income gaps in this state. And I'll tell you what. I couldn't be more proud of the fact that we received recognition. It's not an assertion. Recognition from a bipartisan national education group for our unprecedented education reforms. You continue to push down what we're trying to do on education, not surprisingly because you opposed universal preschool. We have fully funded it. You opposed the three 3.5 Point five million billion dollars we put in to retain and support the professional development of our teachers. You opposed after school for all. You opposed summer school for all. You opposed nine-hour days and reimagining the school day. You oppose consistently all of these efforts, all of these reforms to give parents choice and to give kids a much more robust and comprehensive education. We have seeded transformative reforms and I couldn't be more proud of those efforts despite your consistent opposition and those of your colleagues
3: your quick response and then i want to move on
4: well i want to address two issues 300 companies headquarters left california under his watch in the last 3 years these aren't just some small these are worldwide companies tesla oracle hp have left california under his watch you want to talk about business in california they're fleeing i want to talk about education for a minute you know, the governor talks about all these programs he put forth, and yes, there is more money in our education system than there's ever been, governor. That's a fact because of Prop 98. But 50,000 students didn't show up for school the first day in LA Unified School District this year. Why is that? Because the policies you put forward are pushing kids and parents away from the public school system because it's not teaching our children uh, the, the, the things they need like, uh, you know, curriculum and what ABCs. We're getting all kinds of other social stuff that's being shoved onto our children, and parents are leaving our system. And that's a fact. He he talks he, he throws money at everything, but, the, but everyday Californians and parents understand that they want an education for their children. It's not about money. It's about the policies and, and what grade scores we're getting. They're plummeting in California. California education system is 70%. Kids cannot read it at grade level. 70% of the kids can't read, read at grade level, and that's due to the facts of the Teachers Association and your policies. Just, I, I, I take offense at our policies and strategies.
5: I mean, what you identified are problems. We're identifying solutions every single day. High-dose tur- tutoring, reading specialists, in high-poverty schools providing more staff, changing staff ratios, community schools, the investments we're making after school and summer school that we know work, preschool to allow people the opportunity to have that early start in life. All things and, you have consistently opposed. And we know these policies work. But yet, so with, do so they, Why or, are the test scores so Schoenberg, low? We just made these investments in the last few years. I can't <laughs> make course. up for the 10 years you've been in the legislature, but I can't talk <laughs> about my record in the last three and a half, four years as governor of California. And there's never been investments targeted at addressing these vaccine issues like the investments we're making. And I have confidence they're going to work. And one thing I know, I have confidence you'll continue to apply All of these common sense reforms.
1: Governor, it's true there's been a huge investment in public education, and yet there are still huge challenges teacher shortages, teacher burnout, families leaving public schools. You've chosen to put your kids in private schools. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, things that go into a family decision like that, but what do you say to parents who wonder if you have faith in our public schools given that personal decision?
5: I'm, I'm passionate about public education. I'm a product of public education. My kids are going to school right behind our house, a Waldorf school, which is about creativity and critical thinking and the kinds of things that we're advancing in our public education system. And the approach we've taken is to provide that same kind of choice and opportunity that my kids are afforded for every single one of our six-plus million californians going to public schools in fact this year we did something no other jurisdiction in america has done my opponent opposed it and that was providing college savings accounts for 3.4 million incoming kindergartners 1.9 billion dollar investment We put a partnership for achievement uh, with our higher education system. We not only provided community college for free, we now have new attainment goals, and we're lowering the cost of tuition and attendance in our higher education system from community college to the CSUs, the UCs, the K through 12 education system. We are on the precipice of order of magnitude reform. Again, not one of these efforts were supported by my opponent.
3: I want to right. move along on the show
4: i want to talk about education I, I actually put my two older sons through uh, public education but i have my daughter in private education because you and i both know that the better education is a private education because our schools are failing no matter how much money he throws at every single issue in the state by the way doesn't matter well we want to get to those money.
1: issues so we do want it, to talk and, about and home our
4: business. education system is failing our students and parents know it. They're leaving our education so, system. No doubt they are. And you're, the, you're, you're, actually, You can tell a lie as much as you want, but people are walking with their feet, and they know. It doesn't matter how many times you say it. It doesn't mean it's true. California parents are leaving our education system because it's so poor. And it's not, it's not been fixed under your watch or the watch before. And you want to blame anybody You can't blame a Republican. Republicans haven't been in control in California for the last 10 years. I I blame you for not having one imaginative idea except those that were promoted by people like
5: Betsy DeVos and vouchers and privatization of our public education system, ending public education as we know it. That's what you've promoted, that's what you're for. You've identified problems. We've been consistent identifying solutions and strategies. We we, we know, and the result is still
4: the same, All right. zero.
3: (laughs) <laughs> Obviously a lot to talk about with education, but we want to move along. Senator Daly, you oppose abortion. And as governor, would have the veto power, power of the pen when it comes to the budget. Uh, this year, California's budget includes some $200 million in reproductive rights and protecting access to abortion. If you were governor, would you remove that sort of spending if the legislature puts it in the budget? Well,
4: first off, I want to say yes, I am pro-life, number one. Number number two, I want to talk about Prop 1, and we talk, he brought that
3: out in the opening statement. But the question is about the budget just to be clear, as, yes, governor. I, I as would, governor.
4: Well, the governor put $200 million in there to pay for abortions for people from out of our state to come here. That's number one. Number two, the law today is six months. Uh, you can have an abortion up to six months. The governor proposed Prop 1 and the legislature put it on the ballot to expand abortion to the minute before birth. That's what it would be in California. At the same time, he wants to make this a sanctuary state where all of, a, of Americans can come here and get an abortion at the expense of California taxpayers, and I, I know that's a great platform when you're running for uh, the president of the United States. But here in California, people are struggling, and I, yes, I would absolutely take that out of the budget. Uh, there's there's money. There's money for in the budget. Reproductive services. There's there's, mo- that no, was not all for out-of-state travel. No, so, line item. all. That? I will ac- absolutely fund reproductive services, but I am not going to fund out-of-state abortions. What about
3: in-state abortion? abortions?
4: No, I will. I will propose that. Yes, I'm pro-life. I. I, I don't think we should. Reproductive services is absolutely preferable. So you'll take
3: no, out yeah. of the budget any any uh, help with women? Right, I have to get that abortions. through
4: the. No. No governor has con- full control of the budget. He has to work with the legislature, and I will work with the legislature to put a budget together that will work for California.
3: Would you allow abortion funding in a budget you sign? I,
4: if I. If I. That's what it takes to. Uh, uh get the deal done i'll I'll sign a budget that i work that i work through with the legislature i'm a a third of the budget with with respect you're not pro-life you're pro pro government
5: mandated birth if you were pro-life you would support our efforts to provide support for child care and preschool and prenatal programs you've consistently opposed those programs we believe in reproductive Uh, Freedom we believe uh, in reproductive care. California's values are well established in statute We want to codify them under prop one in the Constitution I was proud to support and promote a budget of two hundred million dollars to reduce co-pays and access to reproductive care And yeah, we don't we're not embarrassed uh, And we don't apologize for having the back of women and girls all across this country uh, that are fleeing persecution and fleeing Uh, the kind of, well, extreme policies you're promoting. And let me just close on that. What my opponent believes is some 10-year-old that's raped by her father should be forced to bear her brother or sister. His position is extreme. And that is something I hope the people of the state of California consider when they go and vote this
4: November.
3: Governor, I want to change topics to... Um, something that's been mentioned, which is water. Uh, we're in the fourth. I, I
4: want to respond to that. You know, he talk, right. talks about extreme. Extreme is, is not ever having a conversation. Your party just put on the ballot. The, the Californians will decide whether Prop 1 uh, extends the life uh, uh, the abortion to the minute before, before birth. To be and clear,
1: I mean, you're saying that that could possibly allow that, but there's nothing in there to say that they're changing the viability limit, which is in statute right now.
4: Correct. My point is is that they we don't ever get the opportunity to have that conversation It's just all or nothing. That's what the what's going to happen under this prop one And so the and the people will choose and we'll know Feb, November 8th We will where they're gonna be well, we know where you stand and we know your opposition to proposition one It's demonstrable.
5: You put $20,000. I did not defeated. put any money against any proposition $20,000 went in to oppose proposition one and uh, the bottom line is the people of the state of California will have the opportunity to adjudicate different points of view Um, We're very proud of this state. We're proud of its leadership, proud of the Women's Caucus, proud of the legislators. All right, we're going to move along. Putting this
3: on the ballot. All right, we're going to move along. Um, We are in the fourth year of a drought. And unlike uh, Governor Brown, Governor Newsom, you have not issued an executive order mandating statewide restrictions on water use. You're leaving it to local water districts to make the hard decisions. Um, And it doesn't seem to be working. Uh, In fact, the state water board's conservation manager recently quit. Accusing your administration of quote a gun wrenching unwillingness to take big steps to reduce water use. So the question is, why have you not been more aggressive in ordering water conservation? We have.
5: There's, the 436 agencies have. It's but that leaves a lot of mixed lot, messages. Well, hardly, just the opposite. In 2012 to 2016, the last drought, we put out a comprehensive report, provided it to my opponent in the legislature. Lessons learned from the drought. One of the principal lessons learned is hydrology is different in every region of the state what the water agencies requested of us as the basis of a deeper understanding is that we provide flexibility what they refer to as level two plans 436 water agencies move forward with that mandate of mandates we've seen 11 percent reductions in that use we also put out a detailed comprehensive plan as it relates to not just water conservation but framework of abundance to invest $8.8 billion on new strategies and approaches to create more water, wastewater, stormwater caption, diversion efforts, and the like. So well, why not, as governor, learned,
3: why not, as governor, use your authority to order, to maybe to give a sense of urgency why about would the situation? I do,
5: what, what, what was the point of an after-action report that analyzed the best practices of the previous drought and made a recommendation not to do one size fits all as it relates to a mandate? where the conditions in Riverside County are completely different than the conditions here in San Francisco County. And that's why we move forward with the flexibility that was recommended in that plan. And it's proven successful. 11% reductions, the differentiation between regions now affords new strategies. And it's consistent, again, with what was promoted. But in clearly these report.
3: local water agencies are not all giving the message.
5: Well, most are, and I want to just applaud Californians. In the aggregate, 11% reduction, some doing uh, far superior. Is that superior. Uh, We have to do uh, a little bit more, but I will say this. We came into this drought using, per capita, 16% w- less water use than we went into the last drought. Here's what I, though, believe, and this is important. It's not just a mindset of scarcity. It's also about creating more water, and that's what our specific strategy uh, set forth in our water plan. We have 37 desalinization plants in the state. We want more. Uh, we're promoting different strategies. On conveyance and groundwater capture different strategies specific on storage below ground not just above ground storage and we've invested despite my opponent's opposition some eight point eight billion dollars to advance this cause unprecedented general fund support and again consistent with his previous record on topics we've discussed today he
4: opposes those investments senator all right number one this guy I, pr- I supported Proposition 1 in 2014, which was a water bond, $2.7 billion to build Sites Reservoir. Temperance Flat was on the table at the time. We, we have doubled our population in the last 30 years and we have not increased our water supply. We only have rationed. And I want to talk about the facts. The fact I represent, my district represents 60% of California's water comes from my district. I have Shasta, Oroville and Folsom Dams all in my district. By the way, 2018 was the wettest year recorded in the history of our state, since we've been keeping records. The Oroville spillway broke because we had so much water in California. We need to capture that water, and we need to save it for the times when we don't have water, like right now. And that's the goal of California's historic. The governor talks about it, he talks about rationing, he talks about all these things. Not money and throwing it out, but what is the result? What have we actually achieved? In four years, not one shovel full of dirt, when we've had $2.7 billion to build a reservoir, Sites Reservoir, which Environmentalists love, municipalities love, and farmers love. Why aren't we building it? You know, there's a, the talk is cheap, Governor. you gotta, you got to perform. You throw money at it, but you get no result. Your policies don't end up with results. And Californians know that. We have to suffer. We're in a constant state of crisis yeah. under your leadership. All right. Your leadership has not solved one problem. Not, we have fires that you haven't solved. We have uh, storage you haven't solved. We have... Electricity you haven't solved all those things you talk about, but what are the results? Zero and Californians are suffering with the cost of living and rationing and all those things and they're leaving our state and Californians we, we can have a California dream and make it a reality if we have some change in leadership uh, There I mean, so, much, there's there's so storage, much misinformation but... and there's so much distortion first of all proposition one which I
5: supported Correct it was a 2.7 billion dollar bond 2.5 billion that has gone for seven specific projects sites alone You should know this is a 3.9 billion dollar
4: dam and you've had a hundred and one billion dollars to help We just finished that project governor. That, that's a, forgive me uh, Let me
5: let me no, I'm not gonna complete. forgive you. It's the facts The the 3.9 billion dollar plan of which We've utilized from Proposition 1 $875 million. There are six other projects, four below ground, three above ground, that are also part of that. Everybody recognized when they promoted that policy and promoted that bond that we needed to leverage private sector money and federal money. That's exactly what we're doing. We got $30 million from the Biden administration last week, and we're working against the advice and counsel and support of your party to get $2.2 billion from the infrastructure bill that the Biden administration passed for low interest loans to actually complete that project. I take umbrage with your notion that we haven't laid out a specific detailed strategy and plan we have. You've opposed that plan. You've opposed the $8.8 billion appropriation uh, in that plan, and you consistently oppose our efforts on wildfire suppression and prevention consistently oppose our efforts across a myriad of issues you're just laying out talking points but no substance the form and substance only a fog in terms of the dilution of reality and facts that you are promoting here today on these critical topics for the people right. of the state. senator That's ellie morning. quick
1: response and then i want to move on to homework. i want
4: to just say the dilution of facts is he keeps talking about the party I represent—that's this—that party hasn't been in California, hasn't had control in this state for almost 30 years, Governor. Why are all these problems not fixed? Because your policies are horrible. Californians know it. At the end of the day, you talk, you throw money. Californians are suffering, and you haven't solved the problem. Name one thing you solved that's actually fixed, and we don't have to deal with right. Well, now. the highest reserves in California history, the highest per pupil, well, we have a bullet higher that education, you spent
5: four and a half billion dollars if I last may, year. It, if there's an opportunity to answer yeah. the question or just uh, oppose a response. All right. Can we move Let on? Let me continue, though, if I may. And forgive me, uh, if I may. I just want to make sure we have
1: time to I'm talk about homelessness. I'm very proud of the fact.
5: Very proud of the fact the state of California is providing free meals for those that are food insecure in the state of California against his opposition. Very proud of the fact we became the first state in American history to provide universal health access. First state in American history, despite his opposition. Very proud of the fact we have the highest reserves, paying down pension obligations. Very proud of the fact we have one of the fastest growing economies in America. Proud of the fact we have a wildfire forest resilience strategy and a drought strategy. Very proud of the fact we have real concrete plans on issues of homelessness and housing and education. Let's talk about that. And Mr. Dolly on all of these, You've consistently opposed those efforts. All right,
1: I want to push you on homelessness. It is fair to say that the state has done more to address it in the last four years than potentially ever before. And yet, the visible issues of encampments and homelessness and street behavior and drug use appears to be worse than ever in many places around the state. What do you say to voters who feel like this is not getting better?
5: They're right. It's, It's an outrage. It's unconscionable what's happening on the streets and sidewalks. That's why we're requiring. Accountability plans. I have 75 accountability plans. We're not going to hand out any money any longer. Local governments can't produce real results. We provided them $750 million in encampment grants to address the issue of encampments. We're providing them new tools with a care court to address the vexing issues of mental health. Of course, my opponent opposed the funding for care court. We provided them unprecedented strategies, home key and room key, that have allowed us to get 68,000 people off the streets, 12,500 new units have been procured what just is it? In the Are last more people number of months. Becoming homeless, do you the believe? bottom line: the last two years with COVID and all of the headwinds of COVID, there was a laissez-faire attitude in terms of addressing what was happening on the streets and sidewalks. But you're right; the premise of your question is accurate. When I got here, there was no homeless strategy, no plan, no resources of any merit. Today, there's 15.3 billion dollars. There's a real strategy, real plan, and there's accountability for the first time. All of that, all of that, opposed by my opponent consistently. Nowhere to be found. His entire policy for homelessness is some illusory policy of, well, we'll just do an audit. I've been around long enough to know when someone says their response to a problem is an audit, they don't have a response.
1: All right, Senator Daly, you have been very critical of the governor's response to homelessness. And I noticed that just last week you joined your Republican colleagues to call on the legislature and governor to declare a state of emergency and ban encampments within 1,000 feet of sensitive areas. Would that solve
4: homelessness? Well, at least it will help uh, children who are going to school be able to b- be free and be safe to get to school where there's a homeless camp that's around schools. But I want to talk about homelessness for a minute. The go- there's a theme here. The governor talks about my party and all the things that are happening, but the theme is that he throws money at everything. But what are the results exactly? What are the results? He spent twenty billion dollars, seventy-five thousand dollars per homeless person, and we have twenty-two thousand more. It is growing absolutely. We know the number: twenty-two thousand more. So, the theme of this debate is that the governor has all this great talk, but the, but, the, but the policies don't actually fix the problem. If you want to talk, tackle homeless, I was a county supervisor for 16 years. He said in 2003, when, when he was the, the mayor of San Francisco, he was going to end homelessness. I just drove down the street here today, stepping over, people defecating on the street. And needles, he hasn't fixed it. What would he you hasn't not fixed do in the state's doing now? I would do, number one, 75, about 75% of the people that are, are homeless are addicted to drugs. I would Day one as governor, I would make fentanyl a state of emergency and tackle fentanyl. 5,700 people died from fentanyl okay. in California. T- twice the amount of people in this city. What would a state emergency do? Yeah. I want I to understand. It would, say, it would focus on the fact that fentanyl is an issue in California. People on the streets are addicted. We need to get them off of drugs. That's the first thing you do to get them on the projection out is get them off of drugs. You get, fund the counties that. with the mental health programs that they need and the clinicians. And then drive down the cost of housing in California are the three things that would ha- need to happen for, to take care of homelessness. And then if, no, you've you consistently opposed gonna... all
5: these efforts. We have $11.6 billion dollars of investments on the issue of mental health, $3.5 billion dollars specifically for boarding care homes and rapid rehousing for mental health that we've just now put up and put out. And on the next few years, we're going to see the results of those efforts. You've consistently opposed them. Is As it relates to, and a this big is important, a uh, state of emergency, and then we're going to magically solve fentanyl. That's what my opponent just said. Somehow magically will disappear on the basis of a state of emergency. That somehow he will adopt a, a secret strategy that somehow will absolve any deep accountability for the fact he's consistently opposed our efforts to address fentanyl. Let me be more specific. No, that's, what, what, what what have you you oppose the budget that we just advanced of 79 million dollars in the Department of Justice for 25 new people to create a new criminal investigations unit you opposed the National Guard of which we have hundred National Guard on the border addressing fentanyl and you know what you should know this you're unaware of this 14,000 pounds of fentanyl we've gotten off the street 238 search warrants that we provided in the last year it's an unpro- excuse me 238 percent increase over the previous years because of our efforts we put out a strategy not just on interdiction which you opposed but also a strategy that uh, relates to fentanyl and opioid abuse which you opposed which is a strategic plan with 40 state agencies and nonprofit partners you oppose the funding for that that focuses on treatment and prevention and it focuses right. on new strategies for managing pain you oppose all of those things
3: okay so, senator quick question or quick response you're know, talking about me yeah i opposed
4: okay. his budget because he spends money with no results and the, and all the things he talks about don't ever achieve results. And so when he's when he's talking about fentanyl and, and all these things, really walk down the street. I just ask Californians to walk down the street, look in your neighborhood. You know the difference that this governor is really smooth at talking, but at the end of the day, he delivers zero.
3: All right, we're going to move along. Um, if you're elected governor, the legislature is likely to remain in Democratic hands, and so the, but there are some things a Republican governor could do. Governor Newsom, for example, issued a moratorium on executions. There's now 36 people on death row that have exhausted their legal appeals uh, and would be eligible for execution. If you're elected, would you end the moratorium and allow those executions to go forward? Yes. How and when? And would I'll just, it, take how the... does that square with your pro-life <laughs> position? I'm curious. Look,
4: they've committed a crime against other people and a jury has chose to, to uh, I, I, I support the death
3: penalty. Would you have any qualms about 36 people being executed on your watch?
4: Well, I don't know that they're going to be executed under my watch. But if if the courts have held them up to be in for life, they need to be in for life, and and they face the death penalty.
1: All right, I want to ask the governor about Proposition 47. This is a 2014 ballot measure that has become a real political lightning rod Mm -hmm. in California. It made possessions of small amounts of drugs a misdemeanor and made it more difficult to charge someone with felony theft. Law enforcement and Republicans often blame this ballot measure for an increase in shoplifting. I think the data is very uh, mixed and there's been no proof that it's increased uh, violent crime. Your administration says it saved taxpayers $161 million this year. I wonder if you have any regrets about supporting Prop 47 or support any changes to
5: it? No, the narratives don't fit the facts. We're average in terms of that that felony threshold. There's 30 states with the 950, 30 states that have the same or higher threshold. I mean, the reality at the end of the day, they've used it as a scapegoat. mean, uh, you know, to excuse their uh, well, they, they oppose all of these criminal justice reform efforts. He's consistently opposed all of these reform efforts. We believe in common sense criminal justice reform. The reality is he also opposed our crime reduction plan, seven hundred fifty eight million dollar investment that, by the way, included one thousand new CHP officers, which you opposed. million to address their wellness and mental health, which you opposed. $200 million for crime prevention, evidence-based crime prevention uh, plans and strategies, or rather grants for strategies, which you oppose. We've put out detailed strategies to address this issue. And this issue remains a vexing issue, but Prop 47 is not the culprit. It's not the reason why. We have seen an increase in crime in this state and or in this country. And as you know, when it comes to the murder rate, eight of the top 10 states with the highest murder rates are Republican led state, 40 percent higher per capita rates in the states that Donald Trump won. This is an issue that has no political jurisdiction. The realities are real. We need to own up to those realities. We put, an out, put out strategies and plans, but I'm not going to use the tried and true strategies of the far right to scapegoat a reform that cannot directly be connected to these trends.
1: Senator Della, you opposed Prop 47.
4: Yes, absolutely I did. Murders went up 40% in the last two years in California. Gavin Newsom let out 30,000 prisoners out of prison. <laughs> That's a fact, oh, and the other, I have no authority uh, to let anyone out. So bills. that's not a fact. Uh, the other thing is, is that he did support the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act, which allows you to rape an unconscious woman, and it's not a violent crime in California. Well, that is that's, that's the
1: only if, huh? if you only get that as a uh, enhancement, but not an underlying rape. So guard. we
4: actually brought a bill together this year to actually make sex trafficking of a woman and uh, rape of an unconscious woman, a felony, and his administration killed that bill.
1: Okay, We're gonna leave it there. <laughs> Governor, in 2020, I mean, you emphatically supported and signed a bill to create a reparations task force. Will you support the recommendations, including monetary payments, when the task force finishes? No,
5: I want to see the recommendations. By definition, we created the work group to adjudicate the merits and the merits of different strategies. Now, what I have done is I've supported, uh, I think, very common sense strategies, including uh, the reparation that we did advance on Bruce's Beach, a family uh, that was denied their inheritance Uh, A business that was taken away by the people of uh, the City Council in Santa Monica years and years ago It was a point of deep pride that we moved to right that wrong. And so this task force is convening We'll see where their
4: recommendations come out and we'll make a determination after the fact
1: Do you want to add anything? I actually uh, I
4: actually supported the reparations study as well And I also supported the Bruce's Beach uh, legislation. I think it's a, a the, we the right found those one peop- thing you two agree those, on. Those, those people were wronged and, uh, and we made it right.
3: All right, we, we, uh, we are cool. short on time, uh, but we want to ask you a question. It's a little bit of a curveball. Uh, and Governor, let's start with you. Um, name a time in your life you were wrong about something and did a complete about face. How did you realize your mistake? And what did you do to remedy it and make sure it wouldn't happen again?
5: I mean, uh, there's, uh, there's a myriad of issues where well, that's the case. I, uh, look, uh, mistakes are a portal of discovery. I have a failure award in businesses I've started. I've, I've really, I've, one of the great prides of my life is starting a business right out of college, putting pen to paper, and creating roughly 1,000 jobs at peak. And one of the things I always encourage was initiative, risk-taking, not rest, recklessness. And if we make a mistake, we learn from that mistake, and we try not to repeat it. Now, let me be specific. Over the course of my life, personally, professionally, in every way, shape, or form, I, I've been iterative. There are things that I asserted uh, that I learned from that didn't turn out uh, to be as clear uh, as I had hoped or consequences intended that turned out to actually produce the results as intended. Can you be specific? uh, Dozens of them. Uh, I'll tell you one of the perhaps most significant ones. Um, I have a significant learning disability. I couldn't read or couldn't write, and I was doing speech therapy as a kid. I thought I was dumb, and I made the mistake of falling prey to that Back of the classroom, not raising my hand, feeling other than, feeling lesser than. Uh, And that's why I don't like bullies. I don't like cruelty. I don't like people that humiliate other people. And I learned I wasn't that person. And I'll tell you, that's the most profound mistake I made early in my life, that I did not not learn quickly enough, uh, that all of us are unique. All of us have a unique expression, uh, and all of us Uh, deserve dignity and respect. Uh, And as a young child, uh, I didn't fully embrace that or understand that, and that was a mistake.
1: Senator Daly, to you, name a time in your life you were wrong about something and did it about face. How did you realize your mistake, and what did you do to remedy it and make sure you wouldn't do that again?
4: Well, I've uh, made many mistakes in my life. I'm human. Uh, We all make lots of mistakes. I, um, you know, have, have, hurt other people in in just a perspective of not understanding the full issue, and so learning about issues. When I was on the Board of Supervisors, I worked with what was called then the Quincy Library Group, and I worked with environmentalists and and, uh, learned a lot about things I didn't know, and that's actually uh, uh, helped me expand on my ability to be able to be uh, very sensitive to the environment and and what people think about uh, their perspective in life. And so having those preconceived uh, notions of the way somebody was when they weren't was uh, something i learned uh,
1: can you give uh, us a specific though you talk about environmentalists i know that water issues was a big part of that is there something that you changed your mind about in that in terms of farm and and fish debate perhaps
4: right well i actually learned a lot from my friends in the environmental community and i and i took those approaches to um actually educate legislators and i've had 127 legislators out to my district over uh, the 10 years i've been in sacramento educating them on that one size doesn't fit all in California. I I invited the governor to come fishing with me. He didn't take me up on it. Uh, But uh, I I believe in working together and getting things done uh, with people and and listening more and understanding that there's there's two sides to every story. And when you find out the other side, you can have more compassion, you can understand, you can learn from
3: it. What have you learned from Democrats who've come up to your district?
4: You know, I learned, the main thing I've learned is that uh, we have a lot in common. Reggie Jones-Sawyer, who represents uh, USC Compton, uh, he came to my district. I, he learned about where his water comes from when I went to his district. We both found out that we have poor people in our in our communities. His or his, his poor people are black young men, and I have Native American young men in my community. The highest suicide rate for young men ages eighteen to twenty five are Native Americans. So we work together on that issue Now, our policies when it comes to to uh, law enforcement crime are way different. Uh, but we work in that area, and that's what I've done in the, in the legislature over years is find the things we can work on and the things we disagree on. We set them in the parking lot so we can move California in a direction. Interesting. I
1: think you that, might go fishing after this. Yeah, I love
5: fishing. I, look, I, we all want to be respected. We all want to be connected in some way, shape, or form. We want to love. We all want to be loved. And we're on a, a journey uh, together. And so, you know, I, I appreciate this. It's a nice way to end this debate. Uh, and I think we're going to have to find these commonalities. Into the future. I mean, regardless of this debate or the debates that are being had across the, the dinner table and Thanksgiving uh, soon as it relates to which direction in this country or in this state, at the end of the day, we all have so many things fundamentally in common, and those are the things we should be focused on. And I, I think it's high time and my pledge and look forward to working with you uh, in your respective role as State Center, uh, hopefully if I'm successful, uh, and continuing this role as governor of California uh, to find that unity agenda and
4: to find those areas of commonality and move forward together. And
1: Senator Daly, as well?
4: Well, yeah, I just wanna say thanks to the governor for uh, the debate. I wanna just say to Californians, look, um, if you like what you've been getting for the last four years, Stick with him. If you like change and you want something different, California head in a direction where you can, uh, you know, make that dream a reality, the California dream. Stick with it.
0: All
1: right, we'll leave it there. Governor got the first word, Senator got the last one. Thank you to both candidates, Gavin Newsom, Brian Jalley. We really appreciate you participating in this lively conversation about the future of California as we head into this election for governor.
3: And thanks to our listeners and viewers for tuning in across the state and to our partner stations who helped make it all possible.
1: For more facts and contacts about all the races and propositions on the ballot, you can visit kqed.org slash voter guide to help inform your vote this fall. Election date is November 8th. Register, vote, make sure your voice is heard. For now, I'm Marisa Lagos. And I'm
3: Scott Schaefer from KQED. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: That was the California gubernatorial debate with Governor Gavin Newsom and State Senator Brian Daly. The debate was co-hosted by KQED's Scott Schaefer and Marisa Lagos. Thanks again to all the people at KQED who made this debate happen. Thanks as well to Christopher Beale, who collected the audio you heard at the beginning. I'm Alan Montecilio. You've been listening to The Bay, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday.